Do you believe in God? Yes. Hey, say yes. I began a sermon with exactly those same words just a few months ago, you might remember. Now, I've been a Christian since I was two months old, and I've been a priest for nearly a decade. Nevertheless, I keep finding it valuable to ask this question, if only so that we can continue to ask what the question even means. Many people have never thought deeply about the substance of the question, do you believe in God? To them, maybe God is like Santa Claus, believe or don't, but keep it to yourself, will you? Others have been hurt so badly by religious people that they justifiably run screaming from any discussion of God. Still others long for something beyond themselves that they can't quite grasp, but they've never been given language to express it. I appreciate any such language people come up with on their own, like the lyrics from a recent song by the band Death Cab for Cutie. I want to know the measure from here to forever, and I want to feel the pressure of God or whatever. Hmm. Can Good Shepherd be a place where we welcome those who have always believed and trusted in God in traditional ways, and also those who have been hurt by Jesus' supposed followers, and also those who think they might possibly be searching for God or whatever? We hear today about Moses, who has been on the run from any such wonderings. At this point in our story, he has killed a man and fled Egypt. Now, living with his in-laws and trying to lie low, he stumbles upon a bush that is blazing but not consumed. Who is this presence, this one who sides with the Hebrew people in their enslavement? None other than the one who called to Abraham many generations before and promised to make his descendants a blessing to all the peoples of the world. The Hebrews can't do that very effectively as slaves in Egypt. So the time has come to free them. And Moses is just the person to lead them back home again. But why me, cries Moses? What is it about me? It's not about you, the presence replies. It's about me. And when I speak, the action is as good as completed. I am sending you, and you will return to me again and bring your people with you. But who are you? Moses at least needs to know who he's taking orders from. Ehyeh asher ehyeh. I am that I am. Or I will be what I will be. Or even I am the one who exists. Or I am the one who is always becoming. Or I am who I am. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Good. There has only ever been one God, and this is the one. The one talking to Moses right now. Well, when you find yourself in the presence of God or whatever, what's the best thing you can do? You can acknowledge your own presence to the presence. You can say, since you are, I am too. When God calls him by name, Moses says, 
Hineni. It's the same word Abraham used when God called him. Hineni, here I am. Literally, it's behold me. Kind of a fanciful way to say it, but here I am. And later, Isaiah, when he is called to be a prophet, Hineni, you can do it too. Anytime you feel called by the one God, Hineni. That's it, shout it out, Hineni. Or if you can't remember, you can just say, here I am. And then you'd best be ready to listen and follow. You may have no trouble believing in the whatever, some divine mystical force behind all this existence. May the force be with you. But maybe calling this force God presents you with some challenges. Nevertheless, I think it's important to get as specific as we can. Here in the church, we share our conviction that this force has a will and intentions. This is God who does stuff. Then we go out further on a limb to claim that the stuff God does is always, always, always in the service of love. God sides with the oppressed and rescues them. God seeks out the lost sheep to bring back to the fold. God's embrace grows ever wider. God is the one who just is and without whom nothing can be. And this one is not just whatever. This one is love. When people insist, I don't believe in God, is this image of God as love the one they're trying to throw away? I doubt it. As I like to say, tell me about the God you don't believe in. I bet I don't either. Maybe the God you don't believe in lays constant guilt trips on you or loathes your sexuality and instructs you to fear its urges. Maybe this God makes unreasonable demands that you be absolutely correct about things you have inadequate information about. Maybe this God hates entire categories of people and can't bear to look at them. Maybe this God is a divine policeman ready to zap you because you blew the last chance that was coming to you. Maybe you've always been at least a little bit afraid of this God who has the power to make you blaze without ever being consumed. But then, maybe this God you're so afraid of is no God at all and has never actually existed. Okay, but then what? How does one go about replacing a false god with the real one? And after having been duped for so long by idols of the generations of fearful people, how can we know we're not replacing it with a god we just want to imagine? Well, you can read books and you can attend lectures and you can hear sermons all your life. You can wax philosophical and make fanciful deductions about God or whatever, and you might even find a few folks who agree with your logic. But then what? Why should this have any bearing at all on the decisions you make from day to day? This is where experience comes in. Direct experience of the creative presence, like Moses had. Or to look at a more recent example, yet still not that recent. How about Blaise Pascal? Blaise Pascal, he was a 17th century intellectual, mathematician, scientist, physicist, inventor. 
He was also Roman Catholic, but then everybody belonged to some religion or other back then. After Pascal's death, somebody found stitched into one of his coats a piece of paper with a poem on it that began like this. The Year of Grace, 1654, Monday, 23rd November, from about half past ten in the evening until about half past midnight, fire, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and of the learned, certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace, God of Jesus Christ, my God and your God, your God will be my God, forgetfulness of the world and of everything except God, he is only found by the ways taught in the gospel, grandeur of the human soul, righteous father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, joy, 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 tears of joy. Well, as much as I'm all in with education and learning and discussion, I mean, really, these things feed my soul like little else, I will be the first to acknowledge that the intellect alone cannot be the center of a life of faith. Hearing a weekly sermon is good, and I'm glad you're here. I also hope many of you will join my Wednesday night Zoom class when it starts up on the 13th. But church attendance is not the goal. It is the means to an end. When Moses turns aside to look more closely at the burning bush, he is demonstrating openness to curiosity. But he can hardly help himself in such a situation, which just goes to show how intent God is on getting Moses' attention. God is about to do a new thing. And Moses needs to perceive it, to embrace it, and most of all, to act on it. To use a blatant anachronism, Moses needs to take up his cross. <laughs> the ways we respond to God's call will determine the direction of our lives. In the meantime, though, it's our regular practices, daily, weekly, annually, that gradually open us up to the possibility we're not likely ever to take up our cross without these. By steeping ourselves in the methods that our ancestors found to be helpful, in whatever ways they are expressed in our own context, as Pascal put it, he is only found by the ways taught in the gospel. When we engage in them, we ready ourselves for the direct experience of the divine and for worthy, responsive action. And so you see, we've gone far beyond merely deciding whether to believe in God or whatever. After that comes understanding what God might really be like. And beyond even that is the question of our response, for which we have prepared through our regular practices of openness. So suck in your breath and wonder and check out this burning bush. I know I came from somewhere. And I know what it is to love and to be loved. Whatever else God may be, God is at least the source of all this awareness and wonder and love. And that seems like a pretty good place to start. In the quiet of your room tonight, then, kneel down and pray. Or don't kneel if your knees don't do that anymore, but pray. Try a simple prayer kind of like this one. Dear God, or whatever, 
or whoever you are. I believe in you. I trust you. I thirst for you. I cling to you. I know you keep calling me to experience you and to act on that experience. And I ask you to give me help and strength and courage to begin and to continue to carry my cross throughout my course on earth. Hineni.